Uh, yellow. Hello? Talk to hey. me, talk to me. Hey, how's it going? I just realized I don't have my uh, mic. That, Simon, is a shock to both me and <laughs> longtime listeners of this fine, fine podcast. <laughs> uh, should we give you a minute, maybe, to sort that one out? Yeah, you better give me more than a minute, baby. <laughs> Oh, yeah, more in a minute. Oh, mashing the keyboard. Okay. Yeah, it's all right. It's uh, an auditory whirlwind that everyone is going on right now. And I get to see some visuals on it, and I will say it is captivating stuff. Oh, boy, I'm flooded with water here. It's very humid. It is so humid. Perfect day <laughs> to, to go meet up on the streets. Uh, <laughs> It's got to be an outdoor, and it's got to be a hang. Yeah. We shall talk after the cast about that. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, buddy? Oh, I'm better than ever and twice as ugly. <laughs> that is definitely a, a new saying. <laughs> yeah. Hey, have you heard of the um, n- now to see the late... Pop Smoke? No, I don't know what that is. Okay. Just thought you might have heard of him. He's a he's a rapper. Oh. Um, all right. Anyway, Simon, do you want to welcome people back, maybe? Or sure, just... folks. Yeah. <laughs> we could get, we could I could lose my microphone and I maybe search for that for a couple minutes. <laughs> Folks, you better <laughs> welcome back to another episode of Maybe Next Time. I hope you don't. Oh, wait. Hi, I'm your host, William Moore, with my co host, Simon McCormack. Nets Nation, are we in the middle of a progressive wave? <laughs> Ooh, I'm getting wet from the wave. <laughs> Jabal Mal- Bauman, you're splashing all over me. <laughs> uh, no, great that great that um, some actual left wing candidates uh, maybe have been elected, especially right, exactly. in, in New York State and city. Oh yeah. Um, but Simon, I, I I don't want to offend you. Have you by any chance gotten a street margarita today? No. Oh, okay. What? You're just uh, I don't know. You seem elevated. No, I, I just got back from a run in the rain. Oh, yeah. It's, again, a gorgeous day. Perfect one to hang in. <laughs> to street hang. The only way to hang in deep summer 2020. <laughs> yes. Uh, all right. We are back as we are each and, on, uh, each and every unrelenting week. This is a rough start to this podcast. <laughs> But I think we're going to make it through. We are back to talk all things Nets Nation with you, our beloved listener. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots going on. Lots to discuss. Simon, I want to get right into it, unless you have anything you'd like to mention right now. Nope. Not a thing, huh? Nothing. Okay. Uh, I want to suggest we begin with a, a new segment. Never okay. before done. Called I Can't Quit You. 
<laughs> oh, start with that. No, oh, we okay. won't. We won't do the fun bit. So this is a dual segment. <laughs> okay. The first is a staid and thoughtful, <laughs> uh, reflective segment in which we seriously analyze the thing that we're talking about. The I can't quit you. Maneuvers, right, okay. and then later, a little teaser for later. We're gonna have a fun segment called "I Can't Quit You." Uh, I can't quit you for listeners not familiar with Brokeback Mountain. Is the maybe the only thing I think I remember about that movie? But I bet if we were to rewatch it, that might not even necessarily be a line in that movie. But in I my head, yeah. I can't quit you is screamed by I think Jake Gyllenhaal to Heath Ledger. I think. Yeah, I, I think that's right. Okay. I mean, at least, at least I think it's in the preview, if not the actual movie. Um. However many years after that film has come out, let's say 14 years. I think it was like 2006. Yeah. Um, where, at the time, it, it was it was pure Oscar Oscar bait. Oh yeah. Uh, it loomed large in the, in the cinematic landscape of the mid 2000s. That is absolutely true. Um, do you think? Simon, it's going to be a film that that lives on in cinema's history as a a sort of groundbreaking work of emotional resonance, like it was then. Or um, do you think its luster has faded a bit? I think it is much more in the latter category. I, I think it may be the um, gay version of Crash, more so than than it is. Uh, a you know cinematic. I I don't think it's as bad as Crash. I think if I it's had to better guess. than Crash. But I think it's probably like I I remember that that in promoting it, for example, I know that Jake Gyllenhaal and Matt Damon were were careful to say Heath that Ledger. The Heath Ledger. I'm sorry. Sorry. Um, were careful to say that it, it was about two souls in love. Right. So not two gay men in love. Just two souls. It was the mid 2000s was a radically different time in terms of gay rights and acceptance of gay people generally. Yes, it was yes. st- it was still a time when you could make a movie like Boat Trip where literally <laughs> the entire point yeah. of the movie was that you had to find it hilarious that straight men were on a gay cruise. Right, exactly. If for that, an hour and 20 minutes. That is what counted for high <laughs> comedy in the mid 2000s. Yes. Um, don't think that movie is getting funded today. No. And you know what? It shouldn't have gotten funded then. It was <laughs> right, exactly. I, I think it was film. instantly regretted even at the time. But right. it did get funded. Um, all right. So our new segment, I Can't Quit You. This, Simon, of course, refers to Sean Mark finally bagging his man, Tyler Johnson. Yes. Um. Simon, Tyler Johnson is a guy who, when he was offered a four-year, $50 million contract by Sean Marks, was said to have vomited several times (laughs) because of the the sheer disproportionate uh, 
size of the package relative to his his proven track record at the NBA. Right. Um, so Tyler Johnson gets offered $50 million over four years by Sean Marks. He pukes as a result of the, this shocking news. Uh, but what it did for me at the time was convince me, because I, of course, was an early believer, an ardent believer of Sean Marks. Uh, and I still would largely say I think he's probably a pretty damn good GM, but I, I there are there are some some red flags, of course, uh, that I'm worried about, such as his love of guys like Tyler Johnson and uh, Alan Crabb. <laughs> but at the time, as a true believer in Sean Marks, I that year picked up Tyler Johnson in as my last pick in fantasy basketball. Oh, nice. And he was decent. I will say I did not conclude the season with him on my team. He Oof. didn't. He didn't put put up that sort of those sort of numbers. <laughs> okay. But he was, you know, waiver wire material four years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point in his career, he is until about three days ago not on an NBA team. Yep. He was cut loose by the old Phoenix Suns, a team I don't think anyone's describing as talent rich. <laughs> Yeah, especially in the point guard um, position. Right. So what's happened to Tyler in the time since we initially offered him that that contract to now, Simon? And how do you think he fits on the 2020 Nets? Um, Well, what has happened is, uh, much like his um, enormous offer sheet counterpart, Alan Crabb, he has gone from decent... You know, bench player, like a solid, solid bench player, um, when, when, as you described him, he was waiver wire material. Well, <laughs> if he was waiver wire material then, Bill, he is truly horrible now. Um, he, let's see, let me look this up, uh, Johnson's stats. He is shooting 38%. From three uh, or from the field? Just uh, full from stop. The, from the field. Oh, boy. That story in Prince levels. Yes, exactly. Um, but uh, dare I say, even even worse than. So yes, let me see. Okay, so thirty eight percent. Sorry, thirty eight percent from from the field. Twenty nine percent, if you round up, from three. Um, effective field goal percentage forty five percent. Now you're talking Karis Levert levels. Um, and. For a point guard, he, he's listed as a point guard at several points in his his uh, career here on, on Basketball Reference. He's never averaged more than four assists, and mostly for the career for his career, he's averaging 2.4. So that's kind of a funny assist number for a for a supposed point guard. Um, but so I would say he is deserved to be cut. Um, but, you know, it's an interesting – here's what I think is sort of interesting is that uh, I, I, there were some, some head-scratching going on in, in some of Nets Twitter that, you know, like our friends – a friend of the show, Steve Lichtenstein, said something like, why is Sean Marks getting another guard when we have Chioza, we have Spencer, we have Karras, um, and we don't really have any, like, you know – we have barely playable fours. We have no wing defenders, et cetera, et cetera. We certainly have 
um, more glaring problems than our um, guard rotation. Um, and I would say to that, William, I don't know what you think about this, but I would say I think Sean may be looking for potential cheap guard replacements for next year. Um, getting, trying to get a look at a potential guard who he could get for very cheap if and when Spencer Dinwiddie and or Karis LeVert are traded. And then my final thought, William, and then I'll hand it back to you, is I don't know that, that Sean Marks is done getting back his um, players that he offered enormous uh, contracts to and, and then were matched in uh-huh. the restricted free agency. I think we might see an Otto Porter trade uh, in the offseason. Wow, that, folks, is a very, very hot take. <laughs> um, would you, I know you're a big auto head. How yeah. would you feel about us going after Otto Porter? Well, I mean, look, I don't think he is anyone's first. I don't think he's the Nets or anyone's first option in the offseason. Like, I don't think Sean Marks is like all roads point to getting Otto Porter, who's making close to $30 million next year. Um, but I could see a scenario, William, where um, the Nets can't put it together to get a third star, right? And so he pivots, Sean Marks pivots to okay, how do I balance the roster better for a team that that better complements uh, Kyrie and um, Kevin Durant? And I would say that uh, um, Otto Porter it fits perfectly on that team if you don't look at his salary, um, which is exorbitant to be sure. But he's perfect. Like, we need defense. We need shooting. We need low usage, high efficiency players. Otto Porter is all that. And we need size. Otto Porter can play the four. He can play either wing spot. Um, he's good at defense. He's a great three-point shooter. Um, and I would say that he's on. So he's on the Bulls, who I think in any sort of reasonable scenario with the cap, assuming they don't just, you know, completely pl- – it doesn't just – completely plummet the bulls are not going to be worried about salary cap they're not going to hit the 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 top they're not going to be worrying about that and they're also auto porter is not on their timeline at all so i think they're perfectly happy to move off of auto porter um so i think they would give up they they would be happy to take on a torian prince contract we could trade them um spencer dinwiddie as a sweetener that they who they could then trade again or we could bring in a third team to get spencer dinwiddie and then we'd probably have to give up a pick um for the for the pleasure of getting an auto porter and getting him while you're, you're you think we'd up have a, to give up torian prince and spencer spencer dinwiddie wouldn't be enough of a sweetener well, Torian Prince is not a sweetener in, in my view. Torian Prince is a poison pill contract. Um, but you're getting that, you're getting a deal with Spencer Dinwiddie. Yes, but in order to get the contracts to match up, I think you need to that that contract is pretty close. It's about 26 million or so, 25, 26 million with those two players. So to get it to add up to where uh, you know our luxury tax bill is not increasing too, too much more, you need to add a few players. And I'm not sure who, how else you do it. Um, you could figure out a package with Karis LeVert, probably. But the cleanest way that I see is the $12 million or thereabouts that Spencer's making, the 13 or $14 million that um, that Torian Prince is making. 
All right. Well, I um, I don't know how I feel about that particular trade, but I like the theory that that Marks, when he offers what is widely regarded as a as a poison contract to people, <laughs> uh, he he means it. Do you think <laughs> he does? Yeah. Do you think there's any chance that we? Um, we bring Montejunas back from wherever, whatever <laughs> overseas place he's found himself. Do you I'm think he sure. could he could pass the rigorous back health protocols <laughs> that the NBA has to have in place before these sorts of things can happen? I think I think that would be a true true Marxian twist. That would be incredible. Also, let's not let's not sort of. I think it's worth noting that uh, at least on 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 those two people, Tyler Johnson and and Alan Crab, what a terrible eye for talent Sean Marks had. Yeah. Like those two players were signed to contracts where for them to pay off, you would need them to to grow exponentially in talent. And instead, at the end of those four four years, both of them are basically out of the league. Yep. <laughs> That's bad. That's real bad. That's really that's a that's a true indictment of that. I mean, in his defense, it was a bad situation. Yeah, there's no denying that he didn't have a lot to work with. Uh, yes, but pursuing those guys clearly would not have have moved the needle. And in fact, in the case of Alan Crabb, merely served as a way to lose even more draft picks than we have already lost over the years. Right. So, in order to pick up Tyler Johnson, we had to get rid of a fan favorite, Theo Pinson. Not, I mean, not, not uh, you know, I'm not including myself in that, that group of fans who enjoy him. But he does, he did do some fun dances, uh, which, people, which people liked. He was, by all accounts, a good locker room guy. Very funny guy. Yeah. A pretty horrible at basketball. Definitely. I mean, by NBA, you know, by NBA standards. Um, and almost as soon as he is off the Nets, the Knicks pick him up mm-hmm. and drop Lonzo Trier, a guy who had an, a, a breakout rookie season and has had a pretty bad season this year. A uh, guy I would be much more excited having on our team than uh, Tyler Johnson, for instance, or Theo Pinson. Yeah. Uh, but Simon... Theo Pinson got another job in the NBA remarkably right away on the Knicks. Do you think that foretells the Knicks might be picking up other old pieces of the Nets like Kenny Atkinson? Hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, it, that move is kind of puzzling to me. Uh, yeah, big time. <laughs> but, I mean, I guess, you know, I, I mean, it could be that, I, I don't know. I don't know how to make sense of that move. I, I, the only thing I can think of, and this is not a very good theory, is that the Knicks are going all in on culture, in which case, yes, Kenny could could be. Um, and they're going in all in on culture. They want a guy, Theo, who will basically be on the bench and spreading good vibes. Um, and Trier is, I don't know, whatever, too old. His ceiling is too low to, to use a roster spot on. But if you're using a roster spot on Theo, I, I don't but know. But I, I don't, don't even, I don't, 
so it's a team option next year that they would have to pick up on Theo's contract. So right. I don't even know that they're going to keep him. Right. I, it, it feels to me just because like Leon Rose is their new GM and he's a former age, like super agent. This just feels like a weird back room, like agent transaction where like, I kind of doubt that Theo Pinson ever plays, but the Knicks were like, sure, we don't, we're not playing anymore this season. We'll do this agent a favor and take him on so that it looks like he has a market in the NBA so that next year maybe he gets signed with another team instead of just going straight to overseas. Yeah. But I can't see any sort of basketball reason why the Knicks would be interested in moving off a a younger guy who has shown promise in lieu of, of Theo Pinson, a guy who clearly has not been good in the NBA. Yes. Um, yes. Here's another thing. How do you think Theo feels about everyone who's like mourning his loss, exclusively doing it for stuff he did on the bench? Like even like all the pictures of him when it's like, you know, he's, he was cut. He, you know, whatever. All of those pigs are just him on the bench. Like that has got to feel kind of bad, right? For somebody who I'm sure is not, doesn't think of himself as like, yeah, I'm more of a sit on the bench guy and dance. Uh, I don't know. I mean, that he's being, <laughs> that he's being commented on at all is fairly <laughs> remarkable. You, you got to take some pride. Like he, he played basically no minutes. The few minutes he did, he was terrible. Uh, and so that he's, you know, that anyone's mourning his, his leaving at all has to make him feel kind of good. <laughs> so I he mean, should, he should be thankful for whatever, for whatever shots of him on the bench he gets. And no, sort of like how many people get cut from these? Like, are there? Yeah, I don't know. I don't think a lot of 15th guys on teams, um, have a big send off that they're sure, expecting. Sure. So, you know, he can take some pride in having made an, a lasting impact on, like, this very niche fandom of, of his, his bench dancing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, William, just before I forget, did you see, I'm sure you did, I'm sure you have a, uh, an alert for this sort of thing, Justin Patton got picked up by the Detroit Pistons. Oh, my goodness. Jay Pat, I think that might be a name that I hear later when we get into <laughs> I Can't Quit You All-Star yeah, Talk. True. And I was just saying we're going to do a segment on the um, Can't Quit You All-Stars in which we talk about players later in the show, players that are, for us, our Tyler Johnsons, our our Alan Crabs of the world, and possibly, if Simon's correct, our Otto Porters. That is still TBD. (laughs) But before we get to that, we have quite a lot of other news. First and foremost, Simon, Katie's Corner is back, and it's back with a vengeance. Yeah. Did you see this stuff today? I don't know. Today, no. Or in the last, maybe it was yesterday. 
I don't know. Why, why don't you tell me? Okay, <laughs> get ready for it. We have literally the two worst superstars any team could ever hope for. <laughs> uh, KD's corner, KD claims he probably wouldn't have played even if he was oh, healthy. T- yeah, yeah. Couple issues I had with this comment. You ready? Yeah. First issue. One, he is healthy. <laughs> and if he's not, that's trouble in and of itself. <laughs> right. Because it's been like but a he, year. He is healthy, so he could have played. So it's, uh, you know, on, on his face, uh, already an absurd thing. But two, it's alarming to me, Simon, because literally every single star on a team that is contending is going. You know, you've right. heard of an Avery Bradley dropout, a Davis Bertans dropout, a Trevor Ariza is not going. But every single other team, no, no star has said that they are not going yet. Right. And including your Bradley Beal. So including sorry. your Bradley Beal on a team that really isn't even contending, but he is at least showing up. How do you, how does it make you feel? How do you think it makes say, his teammates who are going and participating <laughs> in this feel, uh, has his, his potential future coach, who I always like talking about, Jock Vaughn feel. Um, what, what, do you, what do you think about these comments? Well, so I'll give you two, two possible reactions. I'll give you the sunny side and the cloudy side. The sunny side is I think that you could see this comment as just, you know, some like a, more or less a throwaway comment, like saying like, yeah, I don't even know if I would, but I'm not. So I'm not really thinking about it. I'm not really putting my head in a place where I think, OK, me and Kyrie Irving are playing. We have a chance to make some noise in the playoffs, but I don't really want to play. Um, because I don't care about basketball. He's just sort of like, oh, you know, there's a lot of cases in Florida. I would, you know, be pretty crazy to, to go. And it's just sort of um, extemporaneously thinking about it. The, the cloudy side is basically what you said, that he's lost his appetite for basketball. He doesn't care about the rest of his career. He's not really a net. He's a net in name and salary only. Um, and you know, it, he'll, he'll only play under certain circumstances. I, I, I will say this, William, if, and when he plays at the Barclays center, folks had better be willing to risk coronavirus because we may, you know, every second we see Kevin Durant should be treated as a true blessing. <laughs> and an increasingly unlikely one. <laughs> right. So you know, at the very least, it's got to be somewhat demoralizing for those Nets players who are bothering to show up to this thing, right? Um, I mean, I don't know. I, I yes, I, I think again, two ways to look at it. Yes, it, it, it is not a good c- comment to make g- given the context of of teammates doing it. I think that you know, players are aware whether or not Kevin Durant says that or not, you know, that they are not Kevin Durant. They don't have the financial, um, you know, the generational wealth that he has built up. And, you know, as far as we know, I guess like the, the real deadline is going to be what July 1st for players to really say whether they want to go or not. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And, you know, I think those players want the the money. But it is super, super scary. I mean, Florida is seeing off-the-charts um, coronavirus stuff out there. Right. And it's a county-by-county county solution they go for out there. <laughs> yeah. Every, yeah, you know, every county can determine their own policies on it. Yeah, yeah. Quite a system what, they've de- what, developed. <laughs> I think it's somewhat similar to California's, honestly. I believe California gives a lot of leeway to counties. Mm. I could be wrong about that, though. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, how hard would it have been to just say, man, I wish I could be out there with my... Like, you know you're not going to go. You don't right. have to go. <laughs> right. Would it, would it kill you to just say, oh, God, I wish I could be with my beloved Nets teammates out there, but, you know, I can't make it to the bubble. It's a crazy situation, so, so I wish I, I could be there with them, you know? Right. You don't have to mean that. <laughs> you don't have to. Right. It could be the furthest thing from the truth, but does it really cost you that much? Instead, <laughs> you you mock the entire situation as, like, a thing that you would want nothing to be a part, like, no part of. Meanwhile. Well, or- yeah. Meanwhile, he, all he, your teammates are going out there. He doesn't say unequivocally that he wouldn't go. Right? Um, I don't know. I think it it was... He th- he said he thinks he probably wouldn't go. I think there's right. a probably. There's a, a qualifier in there, sure. But it's, it's you know... It, I, I, again, I just feel like him and Kyrie have the capacity of taking what should be, like, a softball for most people with, like, 15 people handling them and how they do PR, you know? They're, like, coached in this shit. And, and they just can never say, like, the simple... Uh, you know, generally pretty bland thing, but at least it doesn't cause like massive shock waves to to NBA Twitter and things like that. Right. Yes. Yeah, sorry, I have to sit this way. I'm throwing food for Dave. He's he's meowing. Yeah, I can't even see you anymore. Um, in order to hopefully elude the inevitable system overload. So, Simon, we're talking Orlando. Let's talk schedule. It's out. It's not the schedule we thought. Right. It's a little bit different. Yes. uh, Though quite a few similarities. In the John Hollinger Athletic article, he sort of broke, broke it down simply into sort of five different categories of teams, assigned each category a number valuation, added it all up. And Nets are sort of in the low-medium range of difficulty. Right. Uh, so we the big, the big news is we're playing Orlando twice. Yes. And those are going to both be critical games. Yeah. Um, as we've discussed, we have not fared well against the Magic this year. We're 0-2 against them. Um, and we're going to need those games to, to fend off a possible play-in couple games with the Wizards. Yes, who we play once. Who we play one time. We'll also be playing the Bucks, the Celtics, the Kings, the Clippers, and the Trailblazers. Trailblazers likely playing for their life. Uh, there are a range, Simon, of teams um, who will be shown on national TV on either ESPN or TNT. Yeah. Nets are on national TV once out of those eight games. Yeah. Well, I mean, with great reason. Would you want to watch the Nets if you were a, 
<laughs> if I you mean, were a national NBA fan? I mean, I'm not a, sure you're going to want to watch them anyway. In a t- no, of course I'm going to want to watch them. <laughs> of course I'm going to want to I mean, you know, you could pick almost any other game happening that day, and I'd probably rather watch that, but <laughs> I definitely want to watch these. It's just funny, you know, there's just such a dearth of things to watch right now, and um, we couldn't even break into more than a single game on, on old national TV. Lakers are on seven times. Yeah, well, that's um, that's who I would want to watch, and the Clippers. <laughs> yeah. I think it is our Clippers game that will be on TV, right? I think it's the Celtics. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. Are you excited about the format of games happening all day, sort of like NCAA tournament or World Cup style in terms of TV programming? Right. I am, except as far as I could tell, it seemed like you need League Pass. I have League Pass. You have League Pass. I have League Pass, and I can. Uh, we'll talk. We'll talk offline on that matter. Oh, amazing, William! That's great. I yeah, mean, I mean, we can't watch this. The shitty thing is, we still can't watch Nets games that way. Well, so let me. And this is some stuff we could maybe talk off. Uh, but but there's. A, I, I'm curious to know how it will work out with um, Yes Network because the Yankees are also slated to start. Ah. Um, but anyway, that's for another. Um, thing we could just talk off offline, but yeah, yeah, um, definitely we need to figure out way a way to access that content. I agree. Um, any we've already spent an episode sort of breaking down our fears about the schedule. Um, what are the Nets playing for? Are we worried about the Wizards? Are we worried about the Magic? I think the answer was yes. Very oh, much yeah. so. Um, but is there anything else you wanted to say, reschedge? Um, just that our schedule got slightly easier, as you said, and and if we can't make the playoffs with that schedule, we truly don't deserve it. Like we we have games at three to four games that are winnable games. That's really all you can ask for. For sure. Both Orlando games, the Wizards game, and the Kings game should all be very winnable. I'm very worried about the Portland game. It's our last game. And if Portland is in a fight for their lives with, say, the Pelicans or possibly the Kings, uh, they would be very up for that game. Yeah. So, yeah, not a, certainly there are no easy Ws, but... If we start this thing, the first two games are Orlando and Washington. If we start off with two wins, I'm I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But we've got a long way to go till we get there. <laughs> yes. um, have you heard there was a big talk with the heads of the Players Association and the NBA front office? And some GMs, I think, yesterday. And Adam Silver talked about some ways to engage fans during the bubble games. Did you hear anything about this? No, no. This is new info for me. Okay. So this is some of the stuff. If we can find a way to actually watch these games, as we've been discussing, uh, this is some of the stuff we can expect to see. Uh, And this is a quote from Adam Silver. While they won't be physically in the arenas, fans, we plan to deepen the communal connection of sports with a more networked and immersive experience using, for example, 
unique, never-before-seen camera angles, enhanced, yeah, enhanced audio from players and coaches, uh-huh. personalized alternative streams with statistical overlays, chat functions and social influencers, and this is my <laughs> favorite, Simon, a tap-to-cheer app that lights up the arena in teams' colors. Along with virtual concerts and halftime performances. Tap to cheer app. Tap to cheer app, my friend. Huh. What the hell do you think that is? Well, it says it'll light up the arena in a team's colors. Now, if... Because you tap to cheer? I think we're going to find that there are going to be some uh, monetary barriers to tap to, to I see. tap a to t- light a up. Tap is going to cost you. I can't imagine that they're just like, here's a free at tap to cheer app. Anytime you feel like your team's color should light up the arena, t- go ahead and tap away. Right. It'll be like the um, like the box, the um, that the call um, it the one eight hundred or one nine hundred was it? Because you had uh, to yeah, pay. probably was, <laughs> but it wasn't phone sex. It was music videos that you could yes pay like five dollars for like if you really wanted to see Green Day or something. Right. Like if it had been th- over thirty minutes since the last <laughs> since the last time they'd rocked Soundgarden. And then they had like a great little thing where you could like um, it wasn't tech in because this was definitely pre-text but somehow you could get like your little message on the bottom of the screen that's like yay i'm glad they're playing green day right it it could be it had like a hilariously small max character it it was like (laughs) maybe 30 characters so it was always like (laughs) russell loves the hell out of and it'd be like (laughs) they'd hit a wall or whatever and or it'd be or it'd be like eight zero zero eight so you could see a boob on there or something, right. you know. Right. I know, amazing. It was that in the weird like Christian rock channel that Lane and Nick Anderson were um huge fans of. <laughs> yeah, no, that was that was really fun. It felt it felt interactive. It felt like yeah, like you're trying to call in on a a, a DJ on a radio station. Did you ever do that, by the way? All the time. Are you kidding me? Did you ever get on air? No. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) I got on air when I would call into, like, The Edge um, for, like, to get, like, whatever, like a one-topping pizza coupon or whatever for, like, (laughs) if you named the top eight at eight songs or (laughs) you answer. Like, I answered a a question, a sports question for two tickets to the Chili's. Oh, nice. Um, Chili's Chili's were, yeah, semi-pro soccer team in Albuquerque, New Mexico in the 90s, I think. Yes, exactly. Wow. Different times. Really different times. I would actually, I was thinking about this, about the um, <laughs> the hottest Yankees game we, uh, we either, <laughs> I think any human has ever been to right. that we went to last year. It was the hottest day of the summer. <laughs> and that is not hyperbole. It was literally right. the hottest day of the summer. And we went to a day game. <laughs> 
And every part of my body that was touching a surface of the chair was drenched through. Oh, yeah. Um, and then there was just a, a more casual full body sweat happening. <laughs> and I think we'd gone out the night before, so we're already just a little tired. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it was fun. But, anyway, I was thinking about that because I have been playing more Ken Griffey Jr. baseball uh-huh. for my 64. It's really, really fun. Um, and I, it would not be if, if major league baseball is allowing fans, I I wouldn't be that, I wouldn't be that freaked out about going. Like if something is outdoors, I'm not that creeped out about, about being around other people. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think that the, um, the fact that we have not, again, knock on wood, seen a huge spike in cases in New York after weeks and weeks of protests, mm-hmm. which have also had, I mean, the the, the biggest cause for concern, um, if you ask me, William, uh, as an epidemiologist, uh, is the fact that, t- you know, tons of people were arrested and processed. Right. Um, I'm sure you listened to that, Doug Henwood. Anyway, um, even that has not, again, knock on wood um has not created a surge of cases. So yeah, I would I would say that that provides evidence that outdoor is a big difference. I would really like it. I don't think this is going to happen, but if the Staten Island Yankees open back up because there has never been an issue with social distancing at a Staten <laughs> Island Yankees game. So I think you would have to google this William, but I think the Staten Island <laughs> Yankees are in the process of dissolving. <laughs> I'm not kidding. No, I know. I've seen. I've seen rumors of that. I hope they do something because that stadium is so fantastic. Um, I know. I'd love to go to a, almost any event there. I agree. Um, I just hope that it is as profoundly unpopular as the Staten Island Yankees, so that you can pretty much choose any seat you want. Right. Um, okay. I am also curious what a unique, never-before-seen camera angle might be. Yes, I cannot. I cannot wait. Yeah, all uh, all <laughs> excited and enhanced audio. Obviously, is going to be interesting. Yeah. Um. All right, Simon. Headline of the week. Okay. Okay, William. I I can't believe we've had to wait this long. Headline of the week. I got to get these drops back. I miss them. Yeah. Headline of the week, activist, critical thinker, reliable contributor. Is Wilson Chandler the NBA's most interesting man? Question yeah, mark. William. I got to say, I, I, I'm going to big myself up here. I was an early <laughs> adopter of Wilson Chandler being the most likable net this season. Um, he's my favorite net, long time my favorite net. I can't remember a single basketball thing he's ever done. And frankly, I don't actually know what qualifies him as potentially being the uh, most interest, NBA's most interesting man because I didn't even bother to read this article. But I do know that he is somewhat politically active. I do know that people are talking a lot about his tattoos and the... Um, significance of them simon are you uh finally seeing the light that wilson chandler is uh hands down the most interesting net 
So, no, I think <laughs> Kevin Durant is a million times more interesting, um, and you could name surely others, but I do like Wilson Chandler. I, I hope we re-sign him next year. I believe he's a free agent um, next year. Um, I thought I it was a team option. I don't know. I could, could be. Okay, um, anyway, keep going, keep going. But um, anyway... He has William. This this will uh, warm your heart here. He has tweeted something about like picture. I'm paraphrasing here, but picture me voting for Biden, a man who helped put you know thousands of families in my community, you know, rip the fathers away from thousands of people in my community, or something like that. Again, that is a paraphrase, but essentially he's you know referencing the 1994 crime bill. Um, you know, and saying a very unpopular, you know, thing to say, though I think, you know, something that it, at least bears some, especially in New York, some level of debate at the very least. Oh, uh, absolutely. I mean, you're, you're basically called a monster if you if you haven't uh, tattooed vote blue no matter who across your head. Right. So I think Wilson is a, you know, I, I think he he's not just a, like, Gennaro, like... Uh, I don't know, like, to, uh, get rid of semi-automatic weapons or something, which is fine. But, you know, you, you tweet something like that, it's completely um, innocuous and never going to get you, you know, or like, boy, Trump sure is dumb. Like, that is just an easy, you know, that's a slam dunk. Right. No one's going to disagree with that in, in the NBA world. Maybe Tillman for Tita, but like, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's not a risky thing as far as your your social media presence. No, I totally I totally agree. It is uh, I I continue my love of Wilson Chandler. You're right. He is going to be an unrestricted free agent. He signed a pretty small contract with us oh, this yeah. year. Oh, we yeah. kept him on when we could have dropped him through the PED stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would imagine that could buy you some loyalty, and I think we could probably get him for a vet minimum. Again, I can't really recall him doing anything um, <laughs> well, in a basketball a t- game. Oh yeah, I mean he's not a he is a vet min guy, mm-hmm. you know, um, for sure. But he provided some defense, some toughness on a team that is bereft of especially toughness, but. Um, you know, not not great defensively. So he's and he's like our only stretch four. I mean, Kuruks is, but he's having his braino is <laughs> not good right now. Yeah, let's hope we uh, get a, a restart on the old <laughs> Kuruks experience next yeah. next season. Yeah. Um, all right, Simon. I think it's time that we roll out the I can't quit you all stars. Great. Great, great. Okay, so these are figures that Simon and I have lusted after <laughs> as potential targets for the Nets over the last, uh, well, however long we've been doing this podcast. So, like three years? Yeah. Um, so, over the last three years or so, who we thought was the answer to all of the Nets' woes over that time. Oh, yes. Uh, so these are our Tyler Johnson, Simon. Why don't you get us started? We're going to have a ton of overlap, I'm sure, but, uh, hit us with your first, I can't okay. quit you all-star. 
so my first one is the honorable mention that you that you brought up uh, or, or mentioned that is an, is an example. It's Justin Patton, a guy who was drafted in the Jared Allen class, uh, had some serious injury issues, was touted as a stretch five, um, has not shown any ability to hit threes, but if he could, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> what a player he might be. Um, he's, he's tall, he's athletic, he's, um, you know, could be a switchable defensive player, but has not shown any real indications of being a good basketball player at the NBA level. He is your Justin Patton. (laughs) How many times do you think we've mentioned, or sorry, it's mostly you. I don't want to take credit for this. (laughs) You, you are the Patton nut. Uh, uh, Yeah. At least, I mean, if you're if you're not counting when I'm sure we brought him up during the draft um, discussions, right? I would say at least three times when he got cut from whatever team it was that he had already been traded from. Then when he got picked, I think he got picked up again from another team, and then now when he got picked up by the Pistons. <laughs> right. Um... That's that's very few compared to some of the guys that we're going to get to, I'd yes, say. Yes, that's true. Uh, so my my honorable mention, since we're starting with this category I didn't even realize we were going to have, but I like <laughs> it, um, is a guy who the, we actually did get, <laughs> but <laughs> who I felt never got a fair shot and then was very quickly gone, and who I still am a fan of and hope succeeds, though it seems increasingly unlikely, and that's Jalil Okafor. Okay, okay. Great one, William. Yeah, uh, he's now on the Pelicans. He got some run when um, when Zion Williamson got injured. And mm-hmm. had some good games. It was actually, I picked him up in fantasy for a little while. He was doing so well. Um, but, yeah, he's just never, since that rookie year when he was put up some pretty big numbers, I think average double-double, mm-hmm. um, has never really been very good. He came to the Nets, and there was, Kenny did not dig what Okafor was putting out there. He didn't get a lot of playing time. Um, so this is an I can't quit you that we actually have sort of had, but uh, right. I, wouldn't mind a, I wouldn't mind a reunion with him maybe in a couple seasons. <laughs> yeah, okay. I mean, <laughs> yeah. He'll be available. Um, <laughs> he's waiting for your call. Um, he, I mean, he is a better NBA career than Justin Patton. Let's be real. Oh, absolutely. Um, he's proven he can play in the NBA. Right. 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 Can um, I gi- can I give you another one? Yeah, yeah. Dragon Bender. Oh God, William, you <laughs> you are lower than dirt for that one. Okay. Why? Go you know, ahead. we you, we've both we've both fantasized about a Dragon yes, Bender. I, I know. Well, but that I mean, yes, there was a time when we were like, what if we gave up? Right, Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis Levert, three picks for a taste of Dragon Bender. A stretch for anyway. Yeah, yeah. I am still hooked, line and sinker <laughs> for Dragon Bender. I think he was one of the guys we could have gotten in this uh, free for all. He his name doesn't come up a lot. I don't know where. I don't think he's on a team right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that sounds that sounds right. Uh, but 
I don't know what it is. I don't know. I maybe have seen 30 seconds of Dragon Bender play basketball, <laughs> but I know that he's tall. <laughs> and I know that essentially if there's someone who has suggested that you could be a uh, stretch four, then it's yeah. someone that we have we have fantasized over. <laughs> oh, yeah. At length. He's also kind of handsome. Great top hair. You okay. know, he was the fourth overall draft pick in 2016. Yes. yes. He was, it was Suns, right? Oh, he was on the Warriors this year. Okay. Okay. So... But he, he's got a lot of NBA team to G League, it looks like, experience. Had spent some time with the Herd last season. That's the Wisconsin Herd, Simon. Okay. All right. Go Herd. All right. Who's your next guy? My next guy is um, Kelly Olynyk. Oh. Uh, a guy that this was the year, and I don't exactly remember when this happened, like at what stage in the playoffs this happened, but he had like an incredible, he had one incredible game with the Celtics um, where like it was career game. It was like in the playoffs. It was was in the playoffs when he hit like seven threes or something like that. Right. And it was like a game seven or an elimination game. Um, and the Celtics won in large part because of him. And I was like, holy shit, like this guy is a stretch five. He's a stretch four. He's a tough defender. He's anything and everything you want. Um, almost positive. He signed with the heat after that in that, um, off season when I was jonesing for him. And, uh, I've seen him play a number of times and never been like, never thought anything other than thank goodness we didn't get. Kelly Olynyk. No, he's a guy. I mean, he's pretty good. Um, for, for if you're paying him, if you're yeah. paying him like five million dollars a season, or something uh-huh, like uh-huh. That. but I don't think I don't think he could ever uh, be described as the answer to anyone's uh, prayers. Right. Right. Um, all right. You want to go for another one? Sure. So now we're getting into my final two, which are both heavy, heavy hitters. Okay. Here. I've got, yeah, I've got four down. I'm positive you'll name two of them. Okay. So my next one is, um, is, uh, a guy who, uh, signed with the, um, Philadelphia 76ers, <laughs> was traded the 76ers. Um, uh, he, um, he, we, we, we spent so much time talking about him uh, last year, maybe more than than anyone, um, you know, that we talked about. No, absolutely. Uh, He's uh, he his face was on minimum was was the image that I used for at least one podcast. Yeah, exactly. Uh, stretch for extraordinary. You want to name? <laughs> yeah, let's say who it is. Oh, yes. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, uh, Tobias Harris. Um, he is just, you know, he would be a good play. He's another one of those players that like is very useful to have on a team. Very close to a, um, you know, 50, 40, 90 guy. Um, you know, excellent stretch for offensively, but not someone you want to give an enormous contract to, which is what I was advocating for. I don't know if he's tradable 
at this point for the Sixers, he is your Tobias Harris. Right. He's he's maxed up. We thought him and D'Angelo Russell would be a terror to deal with. Y- yes. Um, and you know what? A part of me still does. <laughs> All right. Do you... Do, do your last one, and then I'll do my, my final two. Okay. My last one is Julius, too hot to handle. <laughs> um, another guy we were completely – I especially, I think, was just completely bonkers for um, in the offseason uh, last year. Couldn't fathom a situation where we wouldn't get him. It seemed such an obvious – pick for for him he's gets you rebounds he gets you three pointers he's big he's bulky he can play the four he can play the five um he sucked what this this year with the knicks as you've pointed out the knicks turn everything to crap but you know it 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 highlights his shortcomings he's terrible at defense he's kind of a ball hog he does get assists but He's kind of a ball stopper um, and, uh, you know, is maybe not good enough offensively to warrant as much usage as he gets. He is your Julius Randle. Right. And he uh, he was also on a team with D'Lo for a while, and it was rumored that they were sort of friends, and we thought it was just the perfect pairing. Simon, I'm going to do a quick uh, another Nick who who okay. we've spent a little time. This was more of a flirtation than full on uh, amorous love. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, Bobby Portis, ah, he's one of those. Um, he's one of those stretch fours where you're like, I think, you know, it's like he's got he shoots twenty nine percent from three. But if he comes into the Nets development culture, he's gonna he's gonna be lights out from three. So he's your stretch four and lock it right. lock it in, load it up. We're good to go. Um, but anyway, we spent a little time talking Bobby Portis. It's certainly not the first time, nor probably the last, that we'll hear his name on this podcast. My last guy, Simon, is sort of, I think, on the level of a Julius Randle and Tobias Harris in terms of both our interest in him, our fixation on how he will make everything right if he comes to this team. Mm-hmm. Um and I continue again, uh, you know, these delusions, we say that we're over them. But like Sean Marks and Tyler Johnson, I th- would uh, I would take a chance on almost any of these guys. Honestly, <laughs> this one in particular, it's Aaron. Oh, Gordon. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But that's still yeah, that is I'm still white hot on that guy. Oh, big time. I'm, I think probably. No, I think Tobias Harris would probably be a, a slightly better fit for the Nets. Uh, but I think Aaron Gordon would be a wonderful guy. I continue to think he'd be a wonderful guy to add to this team. I think he sort of hit his ceiling in Orlando. But from what I hear, he um, people like Zach Lowe have described him as like if he commits uh, on the defensive end, he could be like Draymond Green level good defender. Yeah, and he's a good um, passer as well. Yeah, pretty decent passer. Obviously, we know he's a high flying dunkster, which would be mm-hmm. exciting to have. Um, but yeah, we'll see if we ever ever manage to get him to Brooklyn. I know. I, I wonder if there's any because we've never seen or I have never seen anything that indicates the Nets are actually interested in Aaron Gordon. Gordon, just that 
tons of Nets fans are interested in Aaron Gordon. Yes, he is the perennial <laughs> potential target at every trade deadline. Yeah. Uh, and we'll see. Yeah, I mean, the Magic could be, could be, it could be time for them to move on. Yeah, especially because they've got a glut of, they've got like another cheaper, probably better um, Aaron Gordon in, um, what's his name? Jonathan Isaac. Jonathan Isaac. Yeah, I guess we'll see. Is that your cat meowing? Yes. Yeah, sorry about that. He's, it's dinner time. Uh-oh, kitty's hungry. <laughs> Okay, well, that was very fun. And, uh, you know, obviously one thing links all of those players, with the exception of Jalil Okafor, um, and that's all <laughs> that you could call all of them uh, stretch fours. Yeah, yeah. It's been a position of need on this team for a long time. As we just said, Wilson Chandler is the closest <laughs> thing we have to it right now. And um, it's very unclear whether he will even get a minimum contract next year. So. Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, great, great suggestion. Thank you for that, Simon. Uh, sure. And I, I hope it's not the last time we mention any of those guys' names. I maybe, know. I maybe know. Patton and Dragon. We could yeah. we could start to move off of at some point in the near future, but not necessarily. Sure. Those are and those are fringe guys, though. Where it's you know it's like a million something to get them. Right. Um, all right, Simon. Let's move on to the real fun. Sure. You broke some news to me today, Simon, and that is that Chuck E. Cheese is going bankrupt. <laughs> is that right? Yes, they are declaring bankruptcy. I think similar to some of these other places where it's like, yeah, some of these restaurants, some of these whatever type of places are going to be could could be opening at, at some point in the next few months or sooner, but then there's places like Chuck E. Cheese where that business model <laughs> is just not sustainable in a pandemic. No, you got to shelve that. What you do is you pay out hundreds of millions of dollars to whoever is on the executive board of that company, <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. and then days later, declare for bankruptcy. <laughs> um, I've heard about how that, that is becoming a rampant problem that a few people are getting somewhat upset with in Congress. But, of course, nothing will change. Did you hear? Have you heard about that? No. Yeah, like um, the company that has the most name recognition that has recently done that is JCPenney. The CEO paid herself out like $4.5 million in cash the week uh-huh. before as a bonus the week before they declared for bankruptcy. And that's happened with uh, three or four other really big companies right now and apparently has been something that's been going on for the last few years. It's this really weird um, loophole in an anti-laundering bill from the 70s but it's basically like they in order to prevent them from like moving cash before bankruptcy into shell corporations you can give cash out to named individuals okay um and so these ceos right before bankruptcy are just paying themselves huge amounts of money in cash and it and it's it's unlike say if they bought like a, you know a 10 million dollars worth of steel right before they went out of uh went declared for bankruptcy that could be like 
seized by the government and sold mm-hmm, off mm-hmm. and given back to investors and to pay off debts and things like that. These these um, cash bonuses to CEOs are shielded from that. So uh, one of the many ways that our economic system is rigged um, and a pretty, like, I think even for, you know, a pretty standard, doesn't really care about these types of issues person uh, on its face, incredibly offensive and problematic practice. Definitely, yes. Uh, so anyway, my point is, whoever the CEO of Chuck E. Cheese is, I hope they made it rain as they declared bankruptcy this week. Mm-hmm. Um, when, Simon, to get back to this playful segment that we're uh, both indulging in right now, when was the last <laughs> time that you hit up a Chuck E. Cheese? Thank you for asking. I, I mean, it was when I was a child, and I don't, all of those sorts of places, and this may be another issue that Chucky was having, but all of those places to me always sort of blended together. Like there was like your Planet Fun, your Peter Piper Pizza, your Hinkle Family Fun Center, your Putt Putt. They all kind of like it was the same format. You got there, you did whatever video games or golf that you do or going down like indoor slides you had pizza you had cake and then you went home and like all of those places i could not tell you like you know which one was my favorite what had like which thing but i'm certain i went to a chuck e cheese during that time period well yeah i can't i I agree with you they all run together except one of them stands out in my mind distinguished from all the others and that was pistol pete's Oh, yes. Which yeah, which yeah. later became Peter Piper's Pizza, but yes. because they had to get rid of the pistol from the name. Mm. Those were oh, simpler times. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I loved Pistol Pete's. What for you set it apart? Uh, it was just, it was, it was just, I think at the time there wasn't the Hinkle Family Fun Center, right? It was the closest thing like that to where I grew up. So it was the mm-hmm. one where like all the kids' birthday parties was. I still remember vividly to this day, Simon, <laughs> Jason Sims' birthday party there. Okay. Uh, we were in early elementary school and he had his birthday party there and it was the strangest thing because... They served the pizza. Uh, one pizza was just sauce and those little tiny um, sausages. They were like oh. the balls. Do you remember? It was okay. Yeah, they were just like little tiny pellets of sausage. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, and yeah, there was okay, no okay. cheese. And I, you know, I was like. Okay, a little system overload there, but we are back. So there's no cheese on this pizza, Simon. My mind is blowing. There's just these little sausage pellets, and those are really the most vivid thing because they were like a, a distinct, <laughs> a distinct gray that mm-hmm, you would mm-hmm. never want meat to be. Right. <laughs> and they were they didn't have the cheese to sort of obfuscate just how right. gray they were. They were just mm-hmm. popping out of this bright red sauce, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was because he was lacking. Lactose intolerant, oh, so couldn't okay. eat the cheese. But good, you good know, place to have your party, Jason. I, but I mean, come on, he was like a ten-year-old. You have to do it at a Chuck E. Cheese. You cannot have a party 
anywhere but Chuck E. Cheese at that time. And, uh, you know, I think I think parents liked... Sorry, I mean Pistol Pete's. Um, and I think parents liked it because, as, as you mentioned when we were going through some mic breaks, you could get a large pizza there for, I think, well under $5. Yeah. No, it was insane. The, right. Like, they were undercutting, like, your little Caesars. It was so it was so cheap. Yeah, and I also think that they were a little laxer about rules, you know? So it was like, if you, <laughs> at, at, like, your, your, your nose-in-the-sky Hinkle Family Fun Center, you had to, like, set your, <laughs> set your soda down before you go in the ball pit or whatever. And at your Pistol Pete's, you could take your soda anywhere you goddamn well please. <laughs> Be it a, a ball pit or... Or, you know, if you wanted to dunk your your ski ball in your Coke, you could do whatever the hell you wanted. Right. It was a very libertarian. Pistol Pete was a <laughs> was a very live yeah. free or die kind Pist- of guy. Pistol Pete would not be caught dead wearing a face mask in public. No, 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 no. <laughs> Which is why his business would be declaring bankruptcy right now. <laughs> Um, anyway, those were good times, but I can't, I can't remember a specific Chuck E. Cheese, nothing there were, although did they have all the creepy like mascot things walking yes, around? Yes, that's Chuck right. E? Like animatronic. Well, I think they, they had both animatronic and I feel like they might have like one guy walking around as the rat as Chuck E. Cheese. Chuck E. Cheese. Right. Um, okay. So since this is going out of business, uh, we are going to go there on our weekly trip down menu lane. Uh, yeah. Who are you bringing with you to Chuck E. Cheese? Who do you think is going to have the most fun? I'm going to bring Theo, baby, to a closing restaurant for a closing net career. Right. Uh, and he he would be a guy who would love a Chuck E. Cheese, I feel like. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he would bring the energy for sure. I'm going to bring Dragon Bender. I want to pick that guy's brain. <laughs> Great. All right, so let's start with beverages, Simon. And I notice on their menu, they have a, the section for be- uh, beverages is drinks and adult beverages. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can get your soda, your fountain drinks, Coffee, hot chocolate, Gatorade, or juices if you want a, a regular drink. Or you can get beer or wine. Yes. What uh, do you think you and Theo are going to be enjoying? So I don't know about you, William, but I can't actually click in to see specific No, I beers. can't either. Don't worry. Okay. Yeah, move on. Um, so I would be getting a beer for sure. Yeah. Of the light variety. I think just to be a douche, I will get a wine at Chuck E. Cheese. You'll get a Woodbridge? I'm going to get a Woodbridge, and I'm going to ask for a glass of seltzer with it so I can make myself a, a, a wine spritz. Yeah, well, you're going to get spit in both items, so. Yeah, well, when I do, <laughs> I'm going to go angrily throw what remains of my um, wine into the ball pit. Do you remember... Great. Ball pits like at McDonald's. Yeah, definitely. I played in them so much, and I were—they were so disgusting. Yeah, but I, yeah, I mean that's definitely true, of course. But I just—I mean, it's a time when you don't get. I mean, you know, you're sticking your fingers in your nose all the time. You're yeah. rubbing everyone's faces. Like you're getting like chicken pox every second of the day. Like there's <laughs> no. 
Like, you're constantly sick. You're constantly exposing yourself to germs. Ball pits were really fun. Like, they were incredible. Ball they're, pits I think they're were underrated. amazing. No, and, and yeah. I, I, I agree with you completely. It's not like I, I, I wasn't going around like a neurotic germaphobe as, a, as an eight-year-old. <laughs> but there was yeah. a time when, like, they were ruined for me. Mm. Um, that laser tag place had them. Anyway, they were ruined for me because someone basically mentioned how to scut like, oh, kids shitting there all the time or something, you know, some oh, some horrible yeah, thing. So yeah. then every time I started going in, I would like find a ball that had like brown stuff stuck on it or, you know, it would like all sort of feed this narrative that it was this filthy uh, cesspool. And I, it kind of it kind of ruined the ball pit for me. But yes, I, I mean... A lot of people say, like, don't – you can't ruin Santa Claus for kids. Just keep the lie going for as long as as they're willing to go along with it. I feel like it's the same for ball – like, what, whatever parent out yeah. there, like, tells their kids that a ball pit is filthy is a terrible, terrible person. Absolutely. Because it is it, – I do remember at, at ball pits at their best were maybe the most fun thing you can do as a kid. Yeah, and as you said, they're omnipresent. They're at a McDonald's. Like they're they're not hard to come by. I wonder by. if they still are, or if McDonald's has just embraced a vibe of like this. Uh, fuck your kids. This place sucks. Everyone hates everyone. Let's just die together. I, I think that's completely right. Okay. Well, that's sad. Um, sure. Speaking of sad, let's talk about <laughs> what appetizer and platter for sharing we're gonna get. Great. Um, you wanna go first? Mm, yes, I'm gonna order for the table, Simon. The yes. uh, wing platter, wings for all. Ooh. Our platter mm. of party wings is is enough for approximately six party goers. Okay. Uh, choose from boneless white meat nuggets or traditional bone in wings, and don't forget to choose one of our four scrumptious sauces. They unfortunately do not list what those four are. But I, uh, I think I'm going to go bone in, Simon. And I know Ugh. that's going to upset you, but I am going to go. I'm a traditionalist in that way. I know. I know. It's one of our many differences. Okay. Uh, so what, sauce, what dipping sauce do you like for wings? Blue cheese. Over, if you please. Over uh, a ranch dance. Yeah, when it comes to wings. But I love ranch. I'm certainly not going to say that that's bad to dip them in. But you you are opposed to like a honey mustard. Yes, that's ridiculous. Okay. All right. What are you I getting? Mean that, yeah, I am getting the special limited time offer, the ski ball pepperoni bites. Ooh. Um. These look like little mini hot pockets. They are described as "give it a roll!" Exclamation point. Add eight bite-sized rolls stuffed with pepperoni and melty cheese to your meal. Served with your choice of ranch or marinara dipping sauce. So what you getting? Ranch, please. But I'll, I would pay the extra to get the marinara. I, you know what? I would just get two orders. Yeah, you're going to want two. Those those look really good. You're right. Yeah. How did this place go out of business? <laughs> you know what's truly sad, William? They were trying to make a go of it as, like, delivery. Oh. Like imagine like imagine Dave and Buster's being like, do you want to just have the sort of <laughs> kitschy crap that we serve that you're only eating because you're playing video games and drinking just <laughs> delivered to your home? 
Um, Dave and Buster's has to have gone under, right? I I don't think it's looking good for D and B. Yeah. All right. So what pizza are you getting? Thank you for asking. Once again, you know, I've got to go Supreme. Um, it looks like the best combination of things. Um, what more could you want in a pizza? They rightfully ask. <laughs> um, this this delicious pizza comes stacked with pepperoni, sausage, beef, black olives, mushrooms, red onions. And green peppers. It's a super combo piled on our delicious cheese pizza with red sauce. Um, Excellent. Yeah, there's no pizza that they have that isn't packed with their red sauce, but thank you for pretending that you have some other option. (laughs) Simon, I am going to be decadent tonight, and I'm going to order for Dragon and myself the five meat. Oh, boy. Absolute meat satisfaction. Exclamation mark. Is that like a pun that I'm not getting? Absolute meat satisfaction. No, I don't see it immediately if it is. I think it's just, you know, lazy copy. Right. Uh, Listeners, if you are picking up on the pun here, please (laughs) let us know what it is. It's absolute meat satisfaction. Okay, so what else is on this thing? Our five meat combo is a classic pizza loaded with five different types of delicious meats, making it the king of meat pizzas. (laughs) Pepperoni, sausage, bacon, ham, and... Where's that fifth one going to go? Beef! (laughs) Work together in perfect pizza harmony. Simon, which of those five meats yes. would you say you're most titillated by? Um, on a pie, pepperoni. I mean, I think pepperoni is. I know that's not an interesting answer, but pepperoni no, is very. It's good probably the answer. best. It's probably the best. I got to say, the thing that that I I have had in my life a couple pies that introduce bacon in a way that I am a big, big fan of. Okay. Um, so I would say that's the one I'd be most intrigued by. I mean, certainly, if any place is going to fuck that up, it's going to be Chuck E. Cheese. But uh, still, that's the one I'm most excited about. I do like how the image... They couldn't even falsify the image of the gluten-free pizza looking good. (laughs) It's like shot at a really far distance, unlike any of the others. It's just sort of like sitting on this big table all by itself, just like (laughs) depressingly and lovelessly plopped down in the middle of it. So, like, enjoy that, you fucking gluten-free asshole. Also, you probably, almost certainly, unless you're, like, 0.02% of the population, don't actually need a gluten-free pie. Right, exactly. Um, I would say none of the pizzas really look particularly good in these photos, but definitely the gluten ones. The gluten is the saddest. Yeah, none of them, I'm saying, are appetizing, but at least there's some, like, energy, some pop to them, you know? Like, they're trying. This one, it's just, like, a bad Yelp photo of, like, someone's pizza they dropped on the floor. Right, exactly. Um, I do like, in the gluten-free description, Simon, that there is a a trademark in there. Do you see it? Uh... They're delicious smart flour TM crust. Smart flour. Very (laughs) nice. All right. Let's hit up the dessert for everyday treats and birthday. Yeah, that sounds that sounds I already know what I'm getting, William. Okay, so there are four options. Yeah. 
What are you getting? I am without a doubt getting the dip in dots because nothing says two sad businesses that either are going out of business or should have gone out of business like Chucky eating a dip and dots at a Chuck E. Cheese two incredibly anachronistic things to do dip and dots was never good it never improved on its already bad idea it survived and possibly is still surviving um, despite all that it's dip and dots <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I remember vividly when that opened up at, I think it was Coronado Mall. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Had that little stand. It was it was the talk of the town. Yes. Uh, I tried a million iterations. I'm like, oh, man, this is so cool. I got to try it. Every time I got it, it was like, this is just like not very good ice cream. But like, yeah. I'm sure I just got the wrong flavor. I was convinced <laughs> it was me, not Dippin' Dots. Right. Um, a lot of self-recrimination there that was uh, totally unnecessary. It was Dippin' Dot's fault. Yes, it that definitely was. That said, Simon, I am going to get a table cake for us. Ooh, good for you, William. Yeah, so whether I'm celebrating a birthday or a special accomplishment, they serve cakes anytime, any day. Now we offer edible images to customize your cake, Simon. So this, I think, is the fun part. This is why I'm going for it. I get okay. to customize my cake with my favorite character. Currently, they offer the following. Chuck E. That is, by, by the way, the only not trademarked or copyrighted um, item <laughs> on this. So there's uh-huh, Chuck uh-huh. E., Barbie, mm-hmm. TM., Paw Patrol TM, this is Corporate Synergy here, Batman TM, Hello Kitty Copyright, and PJ Masks TM. Now, I don't of know. those six, <laughs> yeah. I know what Chucky is, I yeah. know what Barbie is, I know what mm-hmm. Batman is, and I sadly know what Hello Kitty is. <laughs> I know nothing about Hello Kitty, but I know that it's like sort of an anime-looking cat. Right. Uh, I PJ Mass and Paw Patrol is is I, I'm afraid after my time. I agree. PJ Masks. That sounds a little. Is it like a coronavirus thing? <laughs> <laughs> that would be really, really with it for a company that is <laughs> about to go out of business. I'm looking up PJ Mask. PJ Masks is a 2015 superhero. It looks. Oh, okay. Kind of like cartoon characters in different colored suits. Okay. Um, what were the things that were popular when we were kids? The um, They were like ninjas. Power Rangers? Power Rangers. Power Rangers. Yeah. I'd say it's a cartoon-like Power Ranger. Okay. So I'm going to really creepily. No, I'm not going to do that. Uh, I'll get Chucky. Just keep it traditional. Yeah, just get Chucky. Yeah, get Chucky. Oh, and I get chocolate or vanilla. I'm going to do vanilla. I think vanilla is a better cake flavor. I completely agree. Okay. Uh, I mean, I am curious. I got to say, just before before we leave Chuck E. Cheese for, I guess, the final time, which is Mm -hmm. hard to say and even harder to think about. Definitely. Um, The unicorn churros. Look incredible, I know. Yeah, sound, at the very least, intriguing. Yes. Um, okay, well, Chuck E. Cheese, you had a good run. I hope your CEO pilfered more <laughs> <laughs> K- 
cash than they already got through their, I'm sure, insanely lucrative position as uh, someone who got to chair the demise of a mostly reviled company. Yeah. Um, all right, Simon, can you let people know where they may, if they're so inclined, get in touch with us? At maybe next yes. time. Yes, yes, you can find us at maybe next time on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And please send us your comments, your thoughts, your questions, your reflections, your ideas for menu items, your ideas for what kind of Chuck E cheesecake we should have gotten if it wasn't Chuck E. Um, um, if you are a Paw Patrol fan or a uh, Johnny Mask or whatever P- fan. PJ Masks. PJ Masks fan. Um, maybe next time at gmail.com is the place to tell us about it. Um, tell us what package you would take for Auto Porter. I'm certain I am the only person in Nets Nation that has any interest in Auto Porter. But, no, um, I'm, I'm, I'm listening. <laughs> I'm definitely listening. Nuts. Yeah. Um, okay, yes, we'd love some feedback. But what what kind of feedback would we love, Simon? Uh, reviews of the five-star variety, wherever you get your podcasts, but particularly on your Apple iPod or Apple Podcasts, please. But we'd like, we'd like it to be clean, right? Yes, not, clean. Not dirty. No, yes, no disgusting <laughs> references to sex or violence or gratuitous drug use or any of that thing. Keep it, keep it, keep it Chuck E. Cheese rated, okay? Yeah, exactly. This is a family, this is a family podcast. Right. It always has been and it always will be. <laughs> all right, Simon, thanks for hanging out, talking all things Nets Nation with me. I can't wait to do it again next week, and we will go ahead and uh, see ya next time. I was tired of my lady. We'd been together too long. Like a worn-out recording of a favorite song. She lay there sleeping I read the paper in bed And in the personal columns There was this letter I read If you like pina colada